The Love Life Podcast. Welcome to The Love Life with me, Annie Lavin. And me, Tracy Clifford. And today we're going to be talking about the fear of intimacy and what that can bring up for people. I'm so intrigued about this one, Annie, to be honest. You've been chatting and counselling people about having a fear of being intimate. And then there's people who don't necessarily know that they are slightly avoidant when it comes to relationships. For the majority of my single clients, it could be the case that um, when they're confronted with the potential of a relationship um, that it can bring up so much fear in their own body that they can kind of shut down, that they find it quite difficult to be who they truly are and to even grow in closeness with a partner. Now, the interesting thing is they can very much say that they want that. So their desire for a close, intimate relationship is still there, but their ability to kind of um, manage their nervous system and how it's reacting to closeness is is the problem or is, is a problem as they see it. Now, they probably won't voice it in that way. They'll probably come to me saying, um, I really want a relationship. I don't understand why it's, work, why it's not working out. And then when we explore a little bit of where they've come from in terms of their childhood, it, it can start to reveal quite a lot about why intimacy equated in their brain is something that is dangerous is scary is something to be afraid of why well it can depend on the type of the type of experiences they've had in their life you know so um if we go back to childhood let's say emotional neglect parents who might be physically but not emotionally available so, of course, they're then, you know, kind of extending the message to their children that their parents can't be relied on. So so trust is something that's difficult to kind of build up in in this kind of a relationship. And that can can actually grow into um, into adulthood, you know, that it can be quite difficult to trust in a dating experience or in a in the early stages of a relationship or even later stages of rela- relationship and um, you know this thing that we're talking about can show up in long-term relationships it's not just specific to, to single people loss of a parent is another one you know imagine you've lost somebody through death divorce whatever it might be that you've been you know your feelings would be I've been abandoned on some level um, I mean, that's the message that your little body would have absorbed as a child who may not have understood what was happening. So, of course, it can be more difficult then again when it comes to adulthood to imagine that, wow, I can lose somebody like this and the pain that comes with that. Why would I open myself up in this way? And again, none of this may be on a conscious level. It might, you know, a lot of it can be on a subconscious level. What I'm hearing is it stems possibly from hurt. Yeah. So, so Tracy, let's imagine that your formula for love is love equates to abandonment. Love um, equates to, you know, lots of mistrust, not knowing where I stand, somebody being available one minute, gone the next. We can lose leave, somebody or yeah, losing know, somebody yeah. or, you know, you could even have a um, you could, let's say you grew up in a household where mental illness was was um, part of a parent's experience in life as well that became your experience 
there might have been a lot of caretaking that you had to do, you know, at, at an age that was just inappropriate for you. What, what has your blueprint been for love? You know, has it been that it is the very opposite to love being fuzzy, warm, comforting, safe? It's it's everything that's the opposite to that. So it's probably that I can't trust you. You're somebody who is very uncertain to me. You know, you're here today. You're not. You're not tomorrow. Um, you're available to me in this moment. You're not in this one. So, if you've grown up with those experiences of love, your body will have held them in its memory bank, and your nervous system will be showing up in adult relationships with very similar unconscious patterns. So, when you show up on a date. It could be the case that you may be super vigilant and you're expecting people you meet to be all of these things. So how could you possibly relax and share and be vulnerable and be intimate if you believe that uh, perhaps you're going to turn on me, perhaps I can't trust you, perhaps you're going to laugh about me behind my back. You know, all of these ways in, in, in which maybe you learned growing up, that was love. If you find yourself in a long-term relationship and you're craving um, greater intimacy, and yet at the same time you, fi- you find it deeply uncomfortable, um, that too could be a sign that, okay, I, I'm, I'm wanting more, um, there's, something, there's something at odds here. Are you saying that you could actually be in a relationship and still have a fear of intimacy? You could be in a relationship for ages mm-hmm. and a long time, mm-hmm. but you're, you're not having an intimate relationship. Like, how would you know that? Uh, I guess you might find yourself, you know, struggling maybe to be physically comfortable with your partner, or it could be the opposite end of that. You could be really good on the physical side of things, but when it comes to the emotional sharing, you you might find that really, really hard. So, you know, you could ask yourself questions like, you know, do I feel that I have the ability to share my innermost feelings with another person, or does that feel deeply uncomfortable? It is possible could be quite difficult unless you're able to acknowledge all the hurts and the pains that perhaps have have been a part of your past these play a part in your in your present too if you haven't um taken some time to really heal them or to understand them at least this is you know a huge part of the why I do the work I do how do you spot that a person may have issues with intimacy is, is it something they may say? Is it their uh, life experience? Is it because they may, may not have experience in relationships? Yes, it can be all of these things. So people can come with, with um, some sense of it. You know, they, they can come with, um, for some people, there can hold hatred, you know, for, for men in general, let's, let's say, because I'm thinking of a lot of heteronormative uh, people that I see. And I'm also thinking of the majority of my clients being female. So yeah, sometimes sometimes they, they might be able to share these words with me. Other times it might be through dating relationship history um, that we'll start to see that there's patterns, you know, maybe lots and lots of, you know, short-term relationships. It could be this kind of um, perfectionism, you know, like I'm constantly seeking um, this ideal or perfect partner that really doesn't exist, you know. Um, Would you see that as being disguising a fear of intimacy when somebody has high levels of perfectionism when it comes to the dating world? Yeah, and not even in dating. You know, we could even see this now in in non-intimate relationships. You know, you could also see that in in a non-intimate relationship, people may have certain ideals about the friends or the colleagues, you know, that, that there is almost like an ideal that the person should be perfect 
because if you kind of have an ideal about people being perfect and they they actually could potentially be of course all of this is is you know kind of manifested in our minds then it would lead to us not being hurt in relationships but the reality of course is very different the reality is people are imperfect so you will meet people in everyday life who are imperfect and you know where there will be minor um injuries to your relationship because of that very fact it doesn't mean you you have to get rid of the person and kind of eliminate them from your life but when people are and um, when people have been hurt and wounded badly in relationships this can kind of be their 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 knee-jerk reaction you know i, I don't want to tolerate this I, I can't handle this now of course there are ways that we can train our nervous system to handle more and more closeness and intimacy but it has to be done in a very um sensitive way because of course you know, we were kind of giving a list of, of examples as to how people can be in this position or how they can have these experiences. You know, it, it, it also spans abuse, um, physical, sexual, verbal, you know, all sorts. So it is quite quite a big topic. But at the same time, like we said, the fear of intimacy is on quite a spectrum. You don't have to have come from the most abusive past to have some degree of these fears in intimacy in relationship in dating and they can manifest in lots of different ways but one way is yeah serial dating or fear of commitment you know so it's interesting sometimes we have these kind of attitudes that we hold in society that like a serial dater is somebody who's very happy serial dating and moving on from one relationship to the next um, but actually it, it can have a darker shade to that is there links between a commitment phobe and somebody who has a fear of intimacy? You say, oh, like, like I just am afraid of commitment. You, you hear that sentence being thrown around, mm. uh, usually to male fuckboys, as we talked about earlier on. Mm. But it, like, is that the same thing? Like, but then I, then I don't want to give sympathy then <laughs> to people who are being mean to people in, in the dating world and go, oh, he must have a fear of intimacy because of his childhood. I just think that leads to women being so forgiving or or people being so forgiving when they're being mistreated. Yeah, and that is totally your right, you know, to kind of, you know, I, I think there's a few things in that, isn't there? It's like, do I know do I know what my deal breakers are? So regardless of somebody else's past and how they have or haven't figured that out, do I know what I will and I won't tolerate? So if you've decided I want a really healthy, intimate relationship, then you will not be having any sort of dealings with fuckboys or if you do they will be coming knocking to your door but you'll be sending them home pretty fast well you'll have boundaries you'll have boundaries yeah so I, I don't get too concerned if let's say because I, I do think this this kind of whole um spiritual bypassing thing where people say oh my goodness have I attracted this person in does that say something about me it's like it's okay if you end up meeting somebody who's emotionally unavailable. Emotionally unavailable people exist the world over. There's nothing wrong with those people. It's that if you've made the commitment that you don't want to be in a relationship with them, when they show up, because they may do, that you just, you know, they 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 go on their merry way again because you've realized what you're looking for. So, yeah. But when it comes to then the dating world and you look at the absolute, the absolute jungle it is, and the effort that you could put into the dating world, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't, I don't blame somebody having a fear of dating, a fear of being intimate, a fear of letting their guard down. Because you, could, you can get hurt so many times mm -hmm. and you're putting your, your heart 
out there. You have to be super vulnerable. And I think that's a really, really hard thing to do. Like I don't, I don't blame somebody having a fear of intimacy. It, it makes perfect sense that um, people can find themselves in this position because as wonderful as technology is, it also brings up a lot more occasions for people to feel a sense of rejection. So along with that, there's opportunities to build resilience, obviously. But couple all of these experiences with a past where you have um, not felt that relationships were easy for you. I mean, it's kind of like a cocktail for saying to yourself, I'm better off alone, I think. Like it's protecting yourself from being hurt. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm trying to wonder what are the advantages of opening yourself up? I've experienced it and so my friends, like you had to go through a lot of shite Mm -hmm. to, to find someone decent. Had a great old time, but I was also hurt an awful lot too. Yeah. Am I really negative there, Annie, saying that? No, not in the slightest. I think, um, I, th- I sometimes think your, your, your experience with dating sometimes can be a reflection with like, oh, where are you at? Like, what kind of experiences are you having? Where are you in terms of your growth and your development? Because sometimes when you're brand new to dating and you haven't been dating in a while, everything can feel like, a, you know, everything, everything is a first, let's say, if you haven't been doing it for a long time. Online dating in particular can be like so um, overwhelming for people. But yeah. When you, I talk about dating, Annie, I'm talking about online dating. For friends with experience um, yeah. who are just can't catch a break, <laughs> you know, well, that's, oh, it's yeah. always the online part. Like it's. Uh, and you see, I think the interesting part about online dating is what are your reasons for, how do you use online dating? I also th- I always think it's interesting if you are online dating to kind of ask yourself, how are you using the the app? Um, because if you're the type of person who, and again, this is lockdown, you know, some people are using it as, as a coping mechanism just to avoid reality, you know, to just kind of stay in this perpetual state of swiping and mundane chat. Even if you do know what you're looking for, you're still having to deal with huge quantities of people. So you need energy for that. I think you need to be in a very good headspace to be um, online dating. So when people present themselves to you or come to you and kind of say like, I've never had a full-time relationship, not like it's a full-time job, but like, you know, a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. I meant to say. <laughs> um, like, is that just like the, the look of the draw or it could be something on their behalf and on, on, on what they have been putting out to the universe and to the world in terms of of whether they've been looking for something or whether they haven't been open for it. Like, what, what do you think there? Yeah, I think if, if somebody's saying, I really want uh, a relationship, it hasn't been happening for me. Um, yeah, for a lot of people, it's having to heal their past to be available. You know, like, I mean, I would have been in my 20s saying, I really want a relationship, but I was nowhere near ready to have been opening myself up. Even my early 30s, I wasn't really ready. You know, I thought I was, but being ready really involves like having done enough work to realize that number one relationships are safe and that you know I I, I have a handle over my nervous system so I, I'm, I'm not constantly shutting down to people because you know if you're kind of in this place of not really having had a good relationship um, with what love is and what it means you can go out there and meet people and be extremely defensive. So you could be dating hundreds of people. You know, I could meet clients and they say, oh, I've been on hundreds of dates. But I would be wondering, well, how are you showing up on those dates? Because it's not about the quantity of dates you go on. It's about 
the quality of those dates. What kind of a relationship do you have with yourself, actually? What is the quality of your relationship with yourself? Because I think if you can have a fairly decent relationship with yourself, there's a pretty good chance you'll have a fairly decent relationship with another person. So that's why it's really important to kind of get to the root of that. I used to hate it when people would say things like that to me. You know, those kind of like little expressions. Oh, well, when you love yourself, if you just start to love yourself, it'll all work out. And that used to infuriate me so much because the I, I didn't know the first or the last thing about what that meant in practical terms. Like, what, what do you mean I need to love myself? Like, you need to give me some sort of manual on this because I have no... I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I know that saying too, and I actually, I stand by it. You have to love yourself to be able to yeah. love somebody else. And I absolutely agree with you when in your 20s and hearing that saying or saying it to other people. It is such a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Yeah. But and what does loving yourself actually mean? You know, To your 25-year-old self who was hearing this from whoever, like, what do they mean? You see, when it comes to self-love, I also think it's it can be unique to you. So, a lot of my work is tailored around working with people on getting this foundation right. So when it comes to self-love, there's a number of different things that I would look at, but I would ask people um, what their self-talk is like, you know, because we spend all day uh, with ourselves. So what kind of messaging are you sending to yourself on a constant basis? Because a lot of that talk can determine how we show up in the world, how we feel about ourselves, and certainly how we relate to other people. So self-talk is huge. Another thing I would look at is self-compassion. And they're they're very much interlinked. So when it comes to self-compassion, how kind are you to yourself? You know, do you treat yourself with respect? That that can mean any number of things, but how are you in relationship with yourself? So there are two areas that I would look at. I would then ask somebody, um, what kind of things do you do for yourself that's just for you, that's not for anybody else? And anyone who's out there who is kind of busying themselves all the time, maybe working all the time or exhausting themselves in doing for others, <clears throat> excuse me, looking at self-love and preparing some little self-love menu can be really helpful for them to choose from. And these can be like simple little 15 minute, 20 minute little bite sized things that they can do in any day to to kind of top themselves up on self-love. So, I mean, my list would range from anything to drawing, dancing, uh, listening to a podcast, listening to music, anything that really lights you up, anything that kind of takes you out of your head right. and brings you into your body. Yoga, meditation, you know, any anything. When I was in my 20s and I would have heard self-love, I would have thought, okay, so do I need to go and like have loads of bats, massages? Do I need to buy myself nice things? Like, what is this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Self-care. Yeah. Now you can include, like, bats are so luxurious. They're such a lovely thing for you to do. But it's about finding what you love. Somebody else might say, I hate bats. I hate, I can't draw. I can't sing. I don't like going for runs. You know, so... Sometimes you won't find out what you like until you start, until you research it, actually. Sometimes that's homework I would give a client. Research. Research all the things that exist out there that maybe you haven't done that you would like to do. You know, when we're talking about dating, like, you know, Tinder can be successful or it could be absolutely soul destroying. Mm -hmm. When you are on a date 
And sometimes you've been dating so much, you don't project your authentic self. You may project what you want the other person to like. Is that because you're not giving self-love to yourself? It's because that you just want that connection, but you don't want the intimacy because you're afraid they mightn't like the real you. Wow, that's a big question. I'm hearing, whenever I used to feel little twinges of desperation, and I say that with love, whenever I used to feel twinges of desperation in myself, I would come off online because you would feel it boiling up. You would just feel it inside of yourself. You would feel yourself getting snappy and uh, getting annoyed when things didn't work out and presenting on true versions of yourself. I suppose maybe I have done that in the past. It feels like it was a long time ago, so I don't have that one to the forefront of my mind. I would probably be more like the outspoken one who might say things to get a reaction. So (laughs) I think I probably get what you're talking about, that you're kind of presenting whatever version of yourself that might appear pleasing to the other person and might lead to another date. Um, Is that a fear of intimacy again, because you're, you're, you're not your authentic self. And if you're not your authentic self, you can't be intimate with the other person. You can't get to a level of just like it's a vulnerability again it's like well this is me this you if we don't work out grand I don't care but you know it's who I am and I'm not here to please you and I'm here to see if we connect in a lovely way and if we don't it's okay but there is a massive fear of just rejection and and I think that Mm. is again a fear Mm. of intimacy sometimes isn't it because if you you have to be really vulnerable to get to that intimate stage it's a lot of work, I'd say, Annie. It's a lot of work if someone has such a fear of that, of being true to themselves. Oh, it's a lot it's, of self-exploration, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And it's really, um, it can feel traumatizing. Like, imagine that feeling of, of unsafety in your body, in every cell of your body, that all of this is so unsafe. But then we expect people to show up in their vulnerable se- as their vulnerable selves. I mean, it's like, oh, wow, this is too big an ask. But the reality is you can change. So how do you change? Like, what can you do to change? Come back to relating with yourself. Just start there. That has to be the starting point. Because to kind of bypass the relationship with yourself is to go into every date with this feeling of unsafety in your body, which like it just it's so um, soul destroying that it it will continue to, you know, you'll continue to kind of fail in this in this phase because it stands to reason. It's just too hard for you. So, um, so yeah, so, so lots and lots of um, self-compassion, self-care, relating to yourself, feeling you're at a place where you're worthy, you know, you're worthy with or without the partner, you know, that you're, as you said, you're showing up, you're not in a people-pleasing place, you're in a place of self-worth, you know, this is who I am and, and I know I'm good enough and it's okay if we don't, if nothing comes out of this date because this is just me, relating with somebody for whatever an hour and I'm going to have as much fun here as I can but fun is something that's very very far from the table when somebody is um is afraid of intimacy because they're so super highly you know kind of highly vigilant to or they want it to be successful or they just want kind of want to have a second date yes and that's the energy that is all wrong and it's so understandable it's so, so understandable. But if you're coming and if, you know, please hear me say this with compassion. If you know, and most of us are, you know, most people have a really strong sense of intuition and wisdom within their own bodies. If you feel at any level that you're coming with a little bit of a desperate vibe, 
you know, just just be compassionate with that. Own it. You know, just I am feeling a little bit desperate right now. I think I'm going to have to come off online. That just that 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 has always been something that um, I have done because it can happen. You know, you want something so bad. You really want something to work out. But yet, um, you know, if your body is telling you otherwise, um, you need to really respect and honor that. So step back, but know when to step back and just be kind to yourself. Yeah, it's, it's like the energy you're putting out. You're not going to receive anything other than the energy that you're putting out. And and realize that feeling desperate is normal. You know, don't feel shame around that. So normal. So yeah. normal. The thing is, people who are struggling to connect with other people are generally struggling to connect with themselves. So the struggle for them may seem That's even so more. powerful, Addy. That is like, ah, mm. my God. That's one of those Oprah aha moments. <laughs> I, I say this stuff so regularly I forget sometimes like, sometimes, like, I was like hang on for people who can't connect to other people they can't connect to themselves like do you understand how powerful that is yeah it's so true though but then is that is it is it is it your fault then if you are not having a successful time in the dating world I, I would hate to think that it's it's yeah. the fault yeah I mean I don't I, I I don't say any of this to blame blame it's not a blame no, game no you know, but like, it's more uh, ownership. It's like, okay, do, do I know, first of all, if I'm relating with myself, if I'm connecting with myself, if I'm not, my need to, cr- to connect with somebody else is going to be so great. It will nearly engulf the other person and they will feel that. And it's similar to that desperate, needy energy. It's not going to lead to the outcome that you want, you know, um, like we want you in a full place. So for you to be in a full place, you need to feel enough on your own. You really do. You really need to feel as though you are enough on your own. And that and you would... partner is an enhancement, but not necessity. Exactly. Exactly. But that's a hell of a lot of work. I'm not just saying all of these words. And Tracy, I don't think you're able to say all of these words, only that you've worked through the shit, you know, <laughs> like having felt the desperate vibes on occasions, working through them, realizing when you know, you need to take some time for yourself. Like we've spoken a lot about this stuff before. I know like, you okay. have. Like, I, I remember a moment for me that was a watershed moment. And I don't know whether it, back it before, you know, the way the fear of intimacy could manifest and people not being honest with themselves and what they want. And they just want to be the perfect cool girl or man in a relationship. And I remember, you know, in the dating world, like, you know, uh, um, do you want kids? Yeah, I'll see. Yeah, I'll see. <laughs> yeah, I fucking do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say that on a date because, oh, I'll see. I don't want to turn them off to me. I don't want to sound desperate because oh, my age. So true. Like, and then, and then honestly, when I met Mark, he was like, I don't want kids. And I went, well, I do. And yes. I, remember being, I remember being so okay with being on my own for such a while. I was like, no, I don't care. Like, they, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And I remember yeah. just being like, no, I do. And he was like, oh, well, 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 I don't. And I was like, okay, well, that's a deal breaker for me. So there you go. <laughs> and I remember just being like, who, who is she? Who is she? And oh, I remember I so calm and just been like, well, that's it. And it, you know, it turns out like that he was like, you know, we, we, we're still together. You know, kids are a possibility. Our relationship blossomed when a topic of conversation and, you know, it could be probable. Like, you know, it's, mm. I remember just being like, well, listen, I do. So if you don't, well, then this is not going to go. But that was me being super honest with myself. And I've always, I, before that, I would never have been like so honest with the 
person I'm on a date with about me and my hopes and dreams or, or, or my vulnerabilities. Like that to me sounds like you were at that place, you know, that place where you've realized I'm okay on my own. So there's not there, you know, I'm not, I'm not hanging on to you for dear life here. I'm very happy in my own life. I've created a really nice life for myself. I'd love if you're able to be a part of it, but if not, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that too. You know, I know, I know there'll be somebody else who probably will, um, come along and uh, so it's kind of like there's a lot of things there that it sounds like you had overcome to be able to have that conversation with Mark in that honest it's way. another podcast Danny it's, it's, another. It's, it's the one called dating yourself which we will this we are going to touch on that oh, one yes. because yeah. I'm so fascinated with this topic I really am with mm. the fear of intimacy and the amount of clients who are experiencing this or don't know that this is the reason why some things aren't working out the way they want them to in their lives. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there, there are some, there's lots of ways that people can kind of meet themselves there as well. So like, you know, if, if you're, if you're afraid that every relationship is going to turn sour or there's going to be some awful consequence, you know, um, it's important to embrace the fact, you know, there are no guarantees in life and, you know, and that's okay. That's Once you're okay with that, and yeah. it could all fall to shit, yes. but you're still going to be okay. Yes, that's exactly. No matter it. what happens, you've got you, and you're going to be okay. Yeah, and that is like that is so much work. You know, you you know that, don't you, Tracy? Like, you know, for people to get to that point where they can say, "I am okay, and I will be okay, despite what happens here." Um, that that's that's a really like that's the that's the place you want to get to, and it's possible to get there. Um. But yeah, you need to have a number of positive relationship experiences. You know, that can really help with decreasing the fear. But of yeah. course, you, you have to be taking the risks to have the positive relationship experiences. And you also have to be able to manage your nervous system enough to create enough safety in your own body and tell yourself that you are safe. And um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot in all of this. You have to have so much self-compassion, though. You know, anyone who's listening to this and thinks, oh, my God, maybe maybe this is me that's okay. You know, it's okay. Just have so much love for yourself. Um, this whole fear of intimacy thing that we're talking about is on a spectrum, you know? Um, so anybody who knows anything about attachment theory will know in, there's insecure attachment and the secure attachment. So people who are on this fear of intimacy, it, it can show up as avoidance or it can show up as anxiety. So, so it's, these are just frameworks to understand yourself. It doesn't mean that if you fit this box, oh my God, you have a mountain of work to do. It just means, okay, these are some ways in which I might be able to, you know, enhance my relationship with myself and hopefully, you know, create better relationships with other people too. I love it. It, it, it is a scary thing putting yourself out there. It is. But no matter what happens, if you do the work and if you have self-compassion, as Annie said, you'll always have yourself no matter what happens. And that's going to be OK. It's oh, it is so much more than OK. Yeah. Your, your relationship with yourself and everything. The most important thing. It is. It is. And give yourself time. You know, like if you're trying to overcome a fear of intimacy or or any, any anything close to this, it doesn't happen overnight. So it's almost like we just take one more degree of closeness. See if we can tolerate one degree more. So whatever that means for you, for somebody who's just back out into the dating world again, it could be that I might just if I'm feeling strong enough and um, set up an online dating account, I might go on one date and I might just see if that's enough 
for me or it might for somebody else it might be that I might just chat to somebody that might be enough for you so kind of know your your comfort level enough and just see if you can gently move one degree outside of the comfort zone do not try and move like do a 360 on this whole thing yeah <laughs> you know because that 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 will overwhelm you but it's taking um, baby steps and being kind to yourself but be not afraid to take the baby steps you never know it could work out but if it doesn't all will be well because you are making yes. progress yes tracy yes Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Love Life podcast with the relationship coach Annie Lavin and me, Tracy Clifford. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode and think a friend or a family member could benefit from hearing it, then please share this podcast. We'd also love you could take a minute to rate, review and or subscribe to the podcast as it really helps to spread the word and normalise how we can all struggle in love and how we're all not alone. If you've already done this, amazing and Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you soon.